first lesson tonight is going to talk about how much God loves us. And I believe that that is the foundation. You know, Jesus came out of great love. God sent Jesus because of, because of his love for mankind. And so um, this is going to really, maybe some new information that you've never heard before. I know for myself, there was a time in my life when I, I, I knew God loved me, but at the same time I thought he might still be a little mad at me. Might be a lot mad at me some days, you know. So, but I, it was just that revelation that no matter what, God loves me, and He cares about every little detail in my life. If He took the time to number the hairs on my head, I must really be important. And the same is true for you. Praise God. So, anyway, so we'll go ahead and get started. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you are our healer. We thank you that you have brought us here tonight, and we just thank you, Lord, that um, we've prepared our hearts to receive everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I have a blue. I have a red one. I may have. Welcome, everybody, to our next lesson of Healing University. I am so excited to uh, invite you to come into this. Whether you are in your home watching or whether you are in a Bible study setting, we are so excited that we get to walk through this journey with you of healing, learning it, walking it, and then empowering you to minister to other people. So my name is Carrie Pickett. I'm one of the instructors here at Karis Bible College. And I know you've been hearing already from some of our tremendous ministers. Andrew was the last one that had ministered to you. So he had ministered to you in lesson two about redemption and the cross. And this is such a powerful lesson because basically this is saying your healing was purchased by the cross, the work of Jesus. And so I'm just so excited that I get to minister to you today. So I'm going to be talking to you about lesson three. So this is lesson three of section one, and I'm titling this God's love for you. Now, honestly, this message is probably one of the most basic lessons outside of what Andrew's already shared with you. One of the most basic lessons for me that has absolutely changed my life when it comes to healing. And so I'm just excited to be able to share this. I would say that this is probably personally for myself, my life message. I found, I find wherever I am, this message of God's love is what I minister. I used to be a missionary in Russia. And this was the, this was the message that set people free. This was the message that caused them to get out of religion and bondage and just saying, and just wondering, you know, is God for me? Is he against me? Is he harsh? and punishing or is he a loving father and this message I'm going to share with you today is probably the biggest and most significant revelation you can get towards your healing because this is this is the enemy he is constantly trying to get you and I to wonder okay is God really real and is he in a good mood today and have I done enough and so I want to talk to you about God's love because this is what happens is that the enemy will take everything that's good and beautiful and amazing about God and then he'll try to twist it and so one of the things that has happened with the message of God's love is he's tried to twist it and it be this message of okay so if you want to receive all these great things from God your prosperity your healing your salvation um, blessings promotion whatever it is you're believing for right now we'll say okay well what have you done I mean you want to show God how much you love him right and we hear this unfortunately so many times and and it's not malicious but this is what we hear 
we're going to church in the morning or, or we're listening to a speaker or we're at a home group and they're saying, hey, if you love God, well, then you're going to give today like you've never given before. And we're thinking, okay, and if you love God, we're going to evangelize on Saturday and, you know, we're going to go out, we're going to feed the homeless. And if you love God, you're going to volunteer for Sunday school ministry. Right. And so we're sitting here thinking, well, I gave my tithes offerings last week. I didn't even bring any money to church. Well, I guess you don't love God. Um, I'm working on Saturday. I can't go out and feed the homeless. I can't go out and evangelize. Oh, I guess I don't love God. And then you're thinking, I don't want to volunteer for the children's ministry. I don't even like children. <laughs> right. And so we have all this stuff, this thinking, well, I can't show God how much I love him. And because we're programmed in this world to think, well, if you do, you get, right? If you serve and you do a great job at your work, well, then you should get a promotion, hopefully. If I give and I serve and I love my children or I love my husband, I'm hopefully going to get that same love in return, right? And respect and, and all these things. So we have this whole society that you give and you get. You don't do something well, well, then you're not going to get that promotion and you're not going to get that respect and you're not going to get that affection and love if you don't give it, right? The love of God is absolutely opposite than the world's kind of love. Absolutely opposite. God's love is, is about him loving us, not about us loving him. And so one of the things I want to talk about this morning, and especially why this revelation is so important to healing, is that we don't think that I've got to do all these things to love God, to get God to casually glance at me and say, you know, you've done a good job, girl. You've done a good job, boy. You know, I think I'll bless you with healing. You know, I think I will, you know, choose you to love today. That is not the love of God. It said that in John chapter 3, 16, and we all know this verse, right? Because this is the verse that we all learned in Sunday school. We got our gold sticker for it. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it says, so in this scripture, and it's such a basic scripture, but it's so powerful because in it, it says that God so loved Right. He had such love in his heart that he had to make movement with it, that he so loved the world that he gave. And this is what I love about the love of God is that it's always in movement towards us. It's not standing back here with his arms crossed saying, well, you better you better get your act together this week. You better read. You better pray. You better serve. You better give. You better. No, that's not the love of God, because that is that is how the enemy has tried to say love is. And he's put this in this whole picture of religion that if you do these things then you can get God's blessing and God said listen I loved you so much while you were a sinner that I came and I gave and I made movement towards you right so that I could save you so that you could have what everlasting life and everlasting life, and this is what is so beautiful, and if you ever listen to Andrew's teaching on eternal life, I'm just going to highly recommend you to go check that out. But he talks about eternal life. Eternal life is not when I die, and I get to heaven, and I finally get to my mansion, and I'm like, whoo, okay, finally now, I can know what it feels like to be at peace. Finally now, I know what it's like to be healed. Finally now, I don't have any aches or pains or things like that. And we get this whole heaven mentality in the future. I'm going to have all these blessings and all the love of God because I'll finally be in that presence. 
Here's the thing. Jesus said that he came so that he could make his place and live among us and dwell among us so that what? His spirit might indwell us so that we could have Christ in us, the hope of glory. That means that you and I, when Jesus came and said, I so love you that I give myself for you. He said that he gave us his everlasting life so that we could experience that right now. That's absolutely powerful. That should revolutionize your life, that you can live right now with the blessings of heaven because you have the spirit. And the next lesson uh, Andrew's going to be sharing with you, um, it's, it's going to be awesome. Pastor Greg, Andrew, but one of the next future lessons, Andrew's going to be talking about really about spirit, soul, and body. And so I don't want to jump into his lesson, but I love sharing about spirit, soul, and body because it says, because I love you so much, I gave you this opportunity now to receive me by faith. And when we receive Jesus into our hearts, now we receive the son of God now living inside of us. Wow, that's just awesome. The kingdom of God now living inside of us. So that means that all the fullness of God, all his blessings, all of his inheritance is for us right now. That we can experience eternal life right now. And so when we talk about God's love, God's love is not saying, hey, listen, I sent my son Jesus. I gave you everything. I gave you everlasting life. Oh, and then I'm going to make you work for it. That's not God's love. God's love, it says that he loved us. Right, we love him because he first loved us. And so I'm going to share some amazing scriptures with you this morning. And the first one, the first one is out of 1 John chapter 4. And I love these verses out of 1 John. Because when you need to know what is love, what does love look like? How do I receive it? How do I walk in it? And so many people, and I have found this all over the world, even here in Karis Bible College, when we have first year, second year, third year students, I have met people who have been believers for years. I remember one time teaching in Russia. We've got this group of about 50 pastors, and we're teaching about God's love for you. Not your love for God. We're not talking about what you do for God, what you serve, what you give, how you, we're talking about you, God's love for you, right? And so we're ministering and we're just going three days. I mean, eight hours the first day, eight hours the second day, four hours that third day. We're just going over verse after verse after verse about God's love. And this one pastor came to me and this, this beautiful Russian woman, she had been a pastor in her village. She said, I've been a minister for 20 years and I didn't know that God loved me. Because what she was doing is she was trying to serve God out of all of her good works and out of her faith and out of her effort to be able to just hopefully tap into God's good side, to hopefully tap into maybe he'll, I will be worthy of his blessings today. Maybe this is something that I'll finally attain to. I just want to tell you, you watching, God loves you. And maybe you've had a hard time receiving that, but I want to tell you his whole goal of sending his son Jesus was not just to save us so that we could get to heaven. was not just to save us so that we become, you know, uh, workers in the army of God. It wasn't anything like that. He came so that he could have, he could reveal his love so that we could receive that love. And then the power of that love absolutely transformed our lives. Because it was, it was love that destroyed the power of sin and death. That's what, that's what destroyed sin and death. That's what destroyed the work of the enemy. That's what destroyed the separation between you and God. It was love. And he says, so because that was my very, my very act of showing you how much I love you. He said, do you not think I not love you even more now that I'm going to reveal myself to you in your daily life? And so this is what I found is that a revelation of God's love absolutely unlocks the word of God. 
It absolutely unlocks because then you start to see that this, what this book was really uh, designed and created to be was this message of his love towards you saying, beloved, (laughs) beloved, do you know how much I love you? Do you know how much I've destroyed for you? So you don't have to do it in your own works in your flesh anymore. Now you can look at this and say, Lord, I thank you that you love me so much that these promises are mine. So when you look at it, you're not going, Ooh, hallelujah. Someday. Have you ever done that? Have you read your Bible and got out your highlighter, right? You get out your pen, got my highlighter here, and you get it out and you're sitting there and you're going, whoo, hallelujah, someday. Someday I'm going to heal the sick and raise the dead. And someday I'm going to see my healing. And someday I'm going to walk in peace. And someday that depression's not going to plague me anymore. And someday I'll finally get over this frustration or this, this offense someday. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Someday. You know what? That is not what this book is. This is not a someday book. If it was a someday book someday in the future, then I've got to work towards it. Don't I? I've got, man, how how do I get to someday? I'm never going to do good enough. There's days that I feel, whoo, hallelujah, I feel so spiritual. And other days I'm like, I feel like a worm. <laughs> Am I saved? Right? You just have those moments where you sometimes you can go up and down. If this book is a someday book, someday God's blood and someday the cross and someday the victory is going to work for me, then, then that would be... That's, that's torture because you don't know when you're good enough. When is your day? When is someday? Love said, this is now. Love says, I have given you everlasting life now. So through, the, through Jesus coming, through Jesus dying, through Jesus coming alive, he says, now, this is my love made manifest towards you. Look in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And it says this, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. See, he's giving a very definition to God. He said, God is love. He's the very definition of love. And he says, in this, the love of God was manifest towards us. It was revealed towards us. It was demonstrated towards us. It was broadly proclaimed towards us. And it says that God has sent his only begotten, begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God but that he loved us. He said, it's not your love for God. It's his love towards you. And he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins, to take our place, to take our sins. This is absolutely powerful because when we realize this is the, this is the love of God. It gives a definition. This is the love of God, that it was manifested towards us through his son, that we might live through him. The reason we can say that we can live through him is because he now lives within us. And so now that means everything of this body, everything of this life that you now live can be lived through the finished work of the cross, can be lived through that demonstration and manifestation of God's love. That's just awesome. And so when, we, when we're talking about this, when we're talking about healing university, right? And we're going line by line to understand Is healing mine? Is it for today? Is it from God? What do I need to do to get it? Because this is what happens is we're struggling with sickness, right? The enemy's trying to tell us, 
And this is this is this has happened many times. I don't know how many people I've ministered to. I don't know how many times the enemies try to lie to me about this. Especially when I was a young believer and a young minister. If I would get sick, I'd be like, oh man, I wonder, I must have disappointed God. That somehow we think that, you know, when we get sick or when something bad happens to us, that God has just, you know, kind of briefly taken his hand, his shield over off our lives so that we can experience a little bit of hardship to get us back into line. That is not God's love. And I'll just tell you right now, the way that God loves us is so different than the world. And you may have seen so many different styles and types of love from, you know, your parents and from your spouse, from your children, from your friends. There's different types of love and you have all kinds of stories. Every single one of you have stories. Many of them are not good stories. Many of them are stories that have left you hurt and wounded and you distrust. And you're saying, well, you know, I really have a hard time letting myself be loved. And I'll say right now (coughs) that it's hard to receive our healing. It's hard to believe that we can be well, we can be whole, we can be free from this great almighty God. If we all, if we struggle at the same time with, well, does he even love me? Because what's going to happen is your faith's going to be, your words are going to be saying all this in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. Hallelujah. And we're doing all this stuff to try to get this healing. But here, over here in this corner of our heart, we don't even really believe that God loves us. And I'll just tell you right now, that's what the enemy's trying to, trying to keep that subtle and sometimes not so subtle lie just stirred up in your heart. Because if we're, if we're double-minded, well... I want to be healed and I believe God could if he wanted to, but I don't really believe that I deserve it because how could he love someone like me? I'll tell you right now, he absolutely loves you. He has such good things. He has only good things. And if we can get to a place where we realize the love of God, then anything, everything of the word is not someday. It's here and now. It's hallelujah. That's my promise. So when we look at this word, man, our faith is attached to it because we're like, this is my father. This is what he's given me. This is, this is all that he's provided in his love. He held no limits back. And it's not what I do. Do I deserve it? Have I been good enough? Have I been spiritual enough? Have I quoted enough? Instead, I'm saying, Lord, I just thank you that you love me. And in your love is all of your power. In that love, you destroyed the work of sin and death. You destroyed destroyed sickness, the lie, the diseases, the disformities, the bad doctor's reports, everything evil, right? That's trying to steal from this temple of the Holy Spirit. We can say, Lord, I thank you that your love absolutely destroyed those things. This, This is just absolutely powerful because when I start to feel sick when my children I have a little girl and a little boy right and so you know they're coming in from school and all this stuff and they might start getting that runny nose or getting that cough or getting a headache or starting to get that sore throat man we just rebuke it say no no you're the one that God loves this is how I speak to my children no devil you can't touch you can't touch my daughter and I'll be looking at my daughter you can't touch my daughter she's loved of God so I'm developing right now this attitude within my children. Wait a minute. I'm the beloved of God. Devil, who do you think you are touching me? I know God loves me. Therefore, sickness has no authority in my life, in my body. Right? 
And so you have to develop this attitude about yourself. Wait a minute. I am the favorite of God. And for, for many of you, you thought, how can I be God's favorite? I, I mean, I barely do anything for him. It's not what you do for him. It's the fact that you invited him in. <laughs> it's the fact that you chose him by faith and said, I choose to believe in you. I choose to believe that you died for me, that you gave yourself for me. Not because you had to, but because you loved me. Boy, you get that revelation and it just absolutely will change your life. Turn to Romans. So if you have a Bible, and I'm encouraging you, everyone who's watching this, the way to get this in your heart is you need to open up your Bible. You need to take these verses and you need to plant them in your heart. It can't just be something that you hear and be like, oh, okay, hallelujah. And then you never think about it again. And the rest of the week, the enemy's beating you up with symptoms and pain and lies and trying to steal your hopes and dreams through sickness, right? He's trying to steal these things. You've got to put this word inside of your heart. And so what you're going to see throughout this whole three levels of healing university, we're starting with, you know, level one. Don't go until two and three, but until you get these things in your heart, just get them, start putting these scriptures in your heart and you're going to see these in your outlines. So what I, you know what I do? I take verses, I'll write them on sticky notes. Man, I put it on the, the steering wheel of my car. I put it on the mirror when I'm putting on my makeup, doing my hair. I put it on notebooks or things that I am, I'm carrying around just to remind myself, hey, this is your promise. It's your everlasting life for you right now. Not someday. This is for you today. Man, it's just, it keeps me stirred up. And so I'm going to encourage you. So take your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 32. To verse 39. And I love these verses because, you know, when I, when I read the word, I see his love. I absolutely see his love in so many verses, even if it doesn't say love in it. When you see what he did for you, what he accomplished for you, what he took from you, how he defeated the enemy, what now belongs to you, what you can do through him, it's all his love. And so when you see that, boy, what I've done in my Bible is every place where I see uh, a verse about God's love, I have highlighted, excuse me, not highlighted, I put a, um, a red heart next to it. And you know what? Throughout my Bible, I have, I mean, almost every page has a red heart next to it. Or some scripture. Because God is constantly wanting to show his love towards you and say, hey, because I love you, this belongs to you. What are you going to say to it? So in Romans chapter 8, verse 32 through 39, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Okay, he's talking about Jesus. God did not spare his own son, Jesus, but delivered him, Jesus, for us all. How shall he, God, not with him, Jesus, also freely give us all things. He says, listen, I give you my son. Do you think that I'm holding anything back? See, this is what the enemy will tell you. Yeah, he gave you Jesus, but he didn't give you healing. Yeah, he gave you Jesus, but prosperity, you know, is something you're going to have to work for. Yeah, he gave you Jesus, but listen, if he kept anything back through Jesus, it's not real love. Because he said, with Jesus, he gave, he said, did he not freely give us all things? All a L L all that means everything. So sometimes people will take promises and they'll 
disqualify themselves from certain promises of God because they've got these lies in the back of their head. Or maybe religion has said, for you to be healed, for you to be prosperous, for you to be all these things, you've got to be at this level of giving, serving, loving, surrendering. You have to be at this level, free from temptation, free from guilt, free from shame. Or boy, if you're going to live at this supernatural level of healing, you better not have had a past. God can't use somebody who had such a dirty past. No, absolutely God can't use somebody who has such a past because he's redeemed them. Now you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The old things have passed away. That sin nature passed away. It no longer belongs to you. In the same way, sickness does no longer have to belong to me. That's not my, the real me. Oh my goodness, I could just, I could teach on this all day when you just talk about like spirit, soul, and body. And Andrew's going to share with you guys on this. But you know what? The sick, your sick body, that's not the real you. That is not the real you. The real you, the spirit of God inside of you is perfectly healed and whole. No sickness, no disease, nothing. So when I look at myself, you know what? I may have a symptom. I say, hey, that's not the real carry. No, that is just my temple. That is just a symptom in my flesh trying to tell me who I'm supposed to be. Trying to tell me I'm sick. So sickness will try to tell you, hey, listen, you've got terminal cancer. You've got a terminal disease. This is hereditary. It's normal. It is you. This is your heritage. This is your lineage. It's not. No matter what a doctor tells you, no matter what they say, well, you know, you're at risk. You know, you're at risk. Those are just words of the enemy to produce fear in you. And some of you have been recently getting those reports. And you started to say, oh, yeah, I guess I am risk. It is in my family. No, you are not of this world. You may be in it, but you're not of it any longer. Amen. He says, now you're a new creation. The old things have passed away. You've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. This is your new lineage. This is your new love shield and foundation and banner over you. Because I am loved of God. I don't have to receive what anybody else tells me is normal for my life. I'm going to share about this in other lessons. But listen, the love of God. (laughs) The love of God gives you an attitude. You know what? I am loved of God. So devil, who do you think you are? We have this beautiful young girl here at Karis Bible College this year. She's an awesome young girl. And I remember, you know, ministering to her years ago on the love of God. I was teaching this at a women's meeting and, you know, she was having a real tough time, tough time breathing, tough time talking. She was constantly wearing, you know, um, oxygen. Well, this last year she's come to Bible school and man, it's been awesome. She's been getting the word inside of her. She's been around people of faith. She's been speaking over herself. And it was amazing. She came to me the other day and she said, she said, Carrie, I have a testimony to tell you. She said, this doctor was telling me that I was forever going to have to be on iron. And she was going in and getting these regular shots. And she's, she, and she goes, and she had the audacity. And she's this little tiny girl. She looked at me, she goes, she had the audacity to tell me a child of God, what I was going to have to receive for the rest of my life. And I'm just sitting there just like, just absolutely tickled, right? You know, I'm just like, go attitude, go attitude of faith. She goes, she had the audacity to tell me beloved of God, that I was going to have to do that. And I looked at her and said, this will be the last shot I ever receive. And you know what? As she was telling me, all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden I realized she wasn't wearing her oxygen. And I was like, oh my gosh. And she's like, yes. Because what happened is like all of a sudden she got, she'd been listening, she'd been listening. And she started to realize how much she was loved of God. And she got this attitude, this attitude of like, I know who I am. And I'm just going to tell you, this is exactly (laughs) This is exactly what God is wanting to reveal to you. How much he loves you. Because when that happens, you get this attitude, this confidence, because you know your position in Christ Jesus. You know what? I am part of the, I am the beloved. His banner over me is his love. That is my protection. It goes on in this verse. It says, has he not only freely given us all things? It says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? That's against, again, that's that attitude. Excuse me, did you just bring a charge against God's elect? Did you just try to steal my healing devil? Sickness, symptoms, did you just try to take away my day and distract me? And, And doctor's report, did you just try to destroy my dreams and my future and my calling in one, one swoop of a diagnosis? Did you just try to do that? No, that's not, that is not going to happen. Who can bring a charge against God's elect? He said, it is God who justifies. He says, listen, God justifies you. He said, listen, did he not give up his own son? Did he not justify you? Did he not cleanse you and make you just as if you've never sinned? Meaning that no longer sin, death, and the consequences of sin and death can have rule and reign in your body. He said, it is he who justifies You're not having to do it. You're not having to earn your justification. He's the one that did it. It goes on here in verse 34. It says, who is he who condemns? God's not condemning you. It's the enemy. The enemy's trying to condemn you. The enemy's throwing out those lies to see, will will they believe them? It says this, "It it is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. I just love this picture. It says, listen, it is Christ who died. And he said, and furthermore, I like this because he's like shoving it kind of in the devil's face. He's like, he died and he took care of all this. And furthermore, devil, he also rose again. Something no other religion can say of their gods, right? Of their, of their idols, of anything that they worship. He said, Jesus, he said, furthermore, he rose again so that what? Now we can have him live inside of us. We're not serving some dead God who loved us so much he died for us. He said, I loved you so much I died for you. Then I rose again to give you everything to help and then help you walk in it. That's awesome. And it was even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. And I see, you know... It's not when he says make intercession that he's sitting there on his knees begging God, God, please forgive them. Please, 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 please let my blood be enough for them today. Please, God, look, look, they're doing so good. Could you please heal them? That's not the kind of intercession Christ is making for you. He's not begging on his knees. Because that's what we sometimes think intercession is. We just beg God enough for him to listen to us. That is not intercession what Jesus is doing. He says, Father, they're healing. It's theirs. Because I gave it to him. The father's like, you're absolutely right. It is theirs. He's saying, this is who they really are. This is who they really are. Because look, God, look, see me. I'm in them. See me. Perfect healing. Perfect life is in them. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Verse 35. 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? He's like, listen, can anything separate you from the love of Christ? And this is what the enemy is going to try to do. He's going to try to give you a symptom, a disease, a negative report to say, oh, look, I guess God doesn't love you. He's going to try to give you this distressful thing and this persecution on your body and say, maybe persecution against a loved one, your children, right? And you're thinking, oh my gosh. And he's trying to separate you at that, at that moment. The enemy's trying to tell you, look, see, God doesn't really love you. Right? And it says, listen, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. It says, no matter what comes against you, the way you fight the enemy is with the love of God. In verse 37, it says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It says, you don't know, you don't just defeat sickness. Listen, this is awesome. You don't just defeat sickness. It says, you don't just conquer it. You more than conquer sickness. Anything that comes against you, you cannot just say, oh, God healed me. I mean, absolutely crush every lie, every consequence, every, every plan, attack of the enemy that he tried to put on you with that sickness, you can say, I'm not just going to conquer this thing. I'm going to more than conquer this thing. Why? Because he loved me. And that's how I conquer it is through his love. And that more than conquering, you know what that looks like? You don't just get saved. Now you have this revelation and you get, you start laying your hands on the sick and you start healing people around you because you're like, Hey, I don't just have this love in me and God loving me. Now I'm going to raise the dead. Now I'm going to put my hands on people because I realize the love of God in me, not just towards me, but in me now to see it happen to other people. Woo. And then you stand up and you can testify to those doctors. You can testify to every negative report. You can testify to your dreams that you start fulfilling. Say, look what the love of God did. That awesome. This is, this is where, again, the attitude of faith. It says, for I am persuaded in verse 38 that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He said, listen, nothing. So when you get these things and you're looking at them, sometimes, I'll tell you, sickness, sometimes it feels, and it is, so real. We feel it. It hurts. Man, we just, we have to struggle against frustration and depression But in those moments, you have to say, you know what? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. None of these things, signs, symptoms, pain, distress, none of these things can take away what Jesus did for me on the cross. And you stand up with that attitude and you start rebuking those things. In Titus chapter 3, I'm going to go through a number of verses here really quick because I want to get this. I want to share this with you before we have to close today. But in your notes, you're going to see other verses. I really want you to study these verses because it's saying, Lord, show me how much you love me. I I always say this. One of the greatest prayers we can say is not outside of Jesus coming to my heart. That's the greatest prayer. Okay. But outside of that, it's not Lord, use me. 
Because that was always my prayer as a young girl. I'm like, oh, Lord, use me. And I thought that was the greatest prayer that I could ever, ever pray. But I have found out over the years of serving the Lord and loving the Lord and, and, tr- and being used by God. Praise God, I've got a tremendous privilege of traveling the world and nations and seeing just so many lives touched. You know what the greatest revelation I ever get and continue to keep getting is how much he loves me. It's the greatest message I've ever preached. It's the most powerful message I've ever preached. That's when the most signs and wonders happen. Because when you preach God's love, what happens when people, when you and I get a revelation of how much God loves us, you know what we do? Our heart opens to everything that he is. And when we understand how much he loves us, then we're willing to receive all that he's already given us. We believe, yeah, it's for me. It's not for just sister so-and-so or brother who's who over here. It's for me because God loves me. We get that into our hearts? Ah, Absolutely. Then all this faith to start proclaiming, declaring, rebuking, and rejoicing in what the cross has done starts producing all these signs, wonders, and miracles in us, through us, by us. Titus. Titus chapter uh, 3, verses uh, 4 through 7. It says, but after that... The kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared. It says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Listen, this love of God towards you is not by anything you have done. You've been trying, you've been trying to buy your healing, trying to buy your health, trying to do all these things. And I'm just going to tell you today, man, take off your hands off your own works and say, Lord, it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done goes on to say, it says, but according to his mercy, he saved us. According to his love, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he poured out on us abundantly through Christ Jesus, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. He says, listen, you're now an heir of eternal life. And like I said at the beginning, not eternal life, oh, someday, hallelujah, in the sweet by and by when I'm in heaven. No, it's the sweet now and now. Hallelujah, this is the love of God for you right now. And if you can say, Lord, I believe this is for me. It's for me right now. Oh, my goodness. You'll receive every other, you'll receive every other promise and gift because you know you're not having to earn it or work it. You know, when you look at this, and this is what I love about uh, when you read the Gospels, is you're going to see so many times throughout the Word of God that it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. And then I I have so many scriptures, and I just basically went through all the Gospels one time, and I just read every single chapter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I found every place where it says Jesus was moved with compassion. And it's all of these things, you know, he was moved with compassion and he healed the sick. He was moved with compassion and he fed, um, he fed the hungry. He was moved with compassion and he cast out the, he cast out the demons. He was moved with compassion and he cleansed the leopard. He was moved with compassion and he raised the dead. All these things. So this is what happens. Whenever you see Jesus was moved with compassion, guess what followed? Miracles. And you know, here's something, this is, this is absolutely something life-changing. I used to think, you know, different versions might say it a little bit different, but here's the thing. It says that Jesus, and some versions said Jesus was moved with sympathy or Jesus was moved with pity. But I want to give you some definitions. Pity 
And you and I have experienced this. Have you ever seen that? And this used to ha- this happens to me all the time when I'm on the mission field. I'll be in orphanages. I'll be in drug rehab centers. I'll be walking the streets where there's homeless. Just, I mean, I remember living in Russia. I lived in Russia for 16 years. I get out of the metro and I'd have to step over drunks, right? I mean, just basically, they've, they're urinated all over themselves. They're on drugs. They can't hardly walk. They, they're laying on the freezing cold ground in Russia. And what happens is this is what can happen is you can feel pity, right? And your heart, you feel that tug in your heart. Oh man, I feel so bad. That's really bad. But then the other side of pity is this, but you know, if they would just not drink, you know, if they would just not do drugs, they wouldn't be in this condition. So pity has some level of condemnation in it, right? And this is what Jesus could have done. He could have sat up there next to God and said, oh, Don't you just look at them, look at them. They're just lost and they're broken and they're dying. And don't you feel something? God, yeah, I do. But you know, if they just hadn't sinned, if they just wouldn't have eaten the apple, if they would just stop doing this, right? Praise God, Jesus didn't feel pity. Also praise God that he didn't feel compassion. Excuse me, not compassion, sympathy. (laughs) So sympathy is this. Sympathy is when also you have that same tug on your heart and go, oh man, I I just, I wish I could do something. Oh my goodness. That's just so sad. But then we just keep going on. We feel sympathetic, but we don't do anything. It tugs on our heart for a while, but then we get busy with our everyday life again. And we we deal with our own issues and we forget about other people's. So you can still be still sympathetic, but you don't do anything. Have you ever been at that place? I know I have. And Jesus could have done the same thing next to the father. Oh man, isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? And then stayed and sat there. But God said that he felt compassion. He was moved with compassion. Compassion means when love has to take action. And this is exactly what God has done towards you in your life. He looked at you. He didn't feel pity. He doesn't feel sympathy. He feels compassion. He says, listen, I loved you so much. I gave myself. I came to you and I've given you everlasting life. I have given you. So now with this compassion, with this compassion, when you, when you receive the compassion of Jesus, when you receive his movement of love towards you, guess what's going to follow? Miracles. Your miracle. Your family's miracles. The people around you that you love and you're hurting and you're aching for, you have those miracles. Amen. Because you're saying, God, I receive your love. I receive your compassion. Lord, I receive your movement towards me. And because I receive that, I'm expecting miracles. And so listen, I, I, I would love to share on this for hours and hours more, but what I want you to do is I want you to look in your outlines. I want you to go over these verses. I want you to say, and I want you to look at yourself every day in the mirror. I want you to drive to work. I want you to go throughout your day and say, Lord, thank you that you love me. And I would, I want to issue a challenge. I want you to ask God, Lord, show me how much you love me. Lord, show me how much you love me today. Because God has a way of showing you exactly how he loves you. It may be different than how he shows somebody else. You know why? Because it's a personal relationship that he gets to have with you. It's his personal demonstration of his everlasting life that he wants to reveal to you. I have been a believer for 34 years now. I got saved when I was a really little girl. And this has been the number one most profound revelation that I've received, 
But I'll tell you guys, I continually go back and ask the Lord, Lord, show me. Because it says in Ephesians that he said he wants to show you the width, the depth, the height, and the breadth of his love. And that love, it says that you'd be rooted and established, that you'd be grounded, that your whole identity, revelation, confidence, and attitude would be grounded in that love. So it says, and then that love passes all understanding. It passes all knowledge. So whatever anybody tells you is your life or your symptom or your diagnosis or the future for your child or your loved ones, you say, you know what? That knowledge, there's something greater than that. There is love that surpasses every scientific thing anybody's telling you about your body. That love surpasses any knowledge, any awareness you have in your personal body of pain or symptoms and say love surpasses that this is awesome this is an absolutely awesome life-changing message and i believe if you ask the lord and you say lord show me how much you love me god has been waiting the spirit of god has been yearning to reveal to you how much he loves you so please stop thinking it's about you Stop thinking it's about what you do for God, all your actions, all your service, all these things that you do, hoping you get God in this good mood and that he'll heal you. Amen. It's about him loving us, not our love for him. Now, when we realize how much he loves us, then I guarantee your heart's going to respond. And when you do and you serve and you give and you love, then it's not because you're trying to get something from God. It's because you're full of God. I'm going to close in prayer for you. And, and number one, I want to pray over you that, that you would just take these verses, that you look at this outline, and that you would just meditate on it. Don't just run through this lesson. But even after this, talk with someone. If you're in a group right now, talk together. Go over these verses. Pray for each other. I'm going to pray, number one, that you just get a revelation that God loves you. And if you've already had a revelation and said, well, yeah, of course, I know God loves me. Then I'm going to say... Then get it again. Get more. Get another level. Get farther, deeper, wider, and broader than ever before. Say, Lord, show me again. I've known the Lord for decades, and I keep asking him, Lord, show me how much you love me, and teach me your word. Those are my two biggest prayers. Teach me your word. Because guess what his word teaches me? How much he loves me. And so then I want to pray. I want to pray over just your bodies, whatever symptom you have right now, whatever attack that you are fighting right now, fight it with love. Fight it with that message. Fight it with that attitude. Amen. So I'm so, I'm so excited that you've taken time to sit down and listen to this and go through this message. If you need to listen to it again, go through it again. If you need to find other things on God's love, boy, go to awmi.net. Check out everything that Andrew has on God's love. Check out charisbiblecollege.org. Check out the other teachers and their messages on God's love. You need to put this message inside of you. Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited about something that God's stirring up. Even as you've been listening, there's been this yearning and saying, I need to know God like that. So, Father, I'm just praying for my brothers and sisters right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for how much you love them. You've loved them with an everlasting love. You've made movement towards them. You've invited them into everlasting life. Now, right now, not a someday, but right now, the power of your love and the power of everything that love has given them. And Lord, I thank you that love has destroyed every attack on their life. And I just say right now, in the name of Jesus, 
Lord, I just thank you for a revelation, not just knowledge, but revelation about how much you love them. Lord, as they're sitting there, Lord, I just thank you that their hearts would be open, that they would say, Lord, show me how much you love me. Lord, help me believe that you could love someone like me. And no matter what your past, no matter what you've experienced uh, in a negative way, in just an earthly way of God, of love, I'm just telling you right now, God's kind of love is stronger and better and purer and more powerful than any experience you've ever had. And so I just speak healing to their hearts. Yes, we're going to speak healing to their bodies, but first right now I speak healing to their hearts. If they've been disappointed and if they put a barrier up around their hearts and said, I can't be loved. I've made too many mistakes, too many bad things have happened to me. I just declare right now in the name of Jesus, healing, that they would realize that those are lies of the enemy, that they are not who they really are. They are the beloved of God. And they can experience a whole new supernatural way of being loved right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just thank you as they are receiving this right now. In the same way they're saying, you know, Lord, because you love me, healing belongs to me right now. Because you love me, it is mine right now. And so I speak to every symptom. I speak to every disease. I speak to every lie that has said that they, this is who they are. This is their heritage. This is their lineage. This is something that, you know, is common. It is not who they really are. Because they have been bought with a price. They've been redeemed by the Father. And your banner over them is now love. So Father, I just thank you. I just thank you right now for your healing power over every symptom, every ache, every pain, every doctor's report that has not expressed the love of God. We rebuke those things right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we love you. I just thank you right now, even as they're listening, whether in a group or individual, I just thank you for your presence of your love right now. Hallelujah. We speak of just a presence of your love right now. Just healing their hearts, healing their bodies. And Lord, I just thank you as they arise up, man, they arise up with attitude because they are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus who loved us. Lord, I just thank you for this. We bless your name. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a lot to take in. Very powerful. So glad I'm in it. That is, that's a very, what she said is profound. To just take the time each day to just, Lord, show me your love. And and to show us how much he loves us. And we're not trying to get something. (laughs) We've already got it. We're just going to believe and receive everything that He's already provided. And that's a whole new, or for me it was, it was like a 180, you know, in, in receiving what I need from God. Because He's provided everything. Do y'all have any input? Was there anything that was new revelation or you think we're all wackadoodles? <laughs> Just, um, anything you want to share? Anything maybe God spoke to you during the lesson? Or I've got questions. If y'all want, to, if y'all want to do questions, 
Yes. And when I, when she um, started, and she said, you know, the Lord loves me, and she gives an example, you know, people maybe not feeling they're loved, but they like, I know the Lord loves me, but I receive revelation tonight. Very thankful. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. The, we kind of sometimes just that's nonchalant, you know. Yeah, I know God loves me. But, you know, I've still got this, or I'm still, you know, still this. What about this? Yeah, he loves me, but, you know, some days, I don't know, I wasn't all that good today, so maybe you don't love me so much today. You I, know? Think that's the, I think that's the thing, is yeah. that when you say, you know, yeah, God loves me, but, well, that, I always say from the pulpit, yeah. everybody has a butt and they all stink. Yeah. And, and, that, and that right there is one of those things that stinks about our belief system. Yeah. Because she said in her, she said, she said something I thought was really profound, and people need to take that on is the fact that they may, in their heart, say that word "heart" is cardia. It means the core innermost part of our belief system. Mm -hmm. So when we start believing that God loves us, then we can't be talked out of it, right? Because that's a core belief that we have. Mm -hmm. But see, when we believe with our head, yeah. See, that's the difference between believing with your head and believing with your heart. Mm -hmm. Is because I can believe things with my head, yeah. and then when things start to push me yeah. one way or the other, then I go, okay, well then it must not have been true. It's mm. good. But if I believe with my core belief system, yeah. then you could come and slap me, you could torture me, yeah. you could put a gun to my head and say, you know, believe or die. And I'm going to believe what is in my core belief system yeah. all the way to the end. Amen. That's so good. that's the thing I think that is is so powerful about a teaching like this is that yeah. sometimes people need to understand. I call it indicators of compromise. I'm the I'm a cybersecurity guy. Yeah. I work for the power company doing that. You know, during the week, and then I preach on Sundays, right? So indicators of compromise is that there's something that's happening. But I don't know what it is, and I'm looking for the the fallout of it. Mm -hmm. So when we use words like, yeah, but, or we use words like, well, it didn't work for me, then we didn't have it in our core belief. Yeah. We so may have had it at one point in our mind. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's part of the whole process is that once we know, see, now abideth faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Everybody knows that scripture. But that word first is the word for greatest. Mm -hmm. And it means first. It means that in line, I love first, and I'm loved first. Mm -hmm. Then I have hope, mm -hmm. and then hope leads to faith. <coughs> so we're, we've got to understand the faith piece of this doesn't come by, I mean it comes by hearing the word of God, but it doesn't come by well I thought about it just a little bit because that hope part is in your head Yeah. but the faith part is in your heart mm -hmm. that's, good. that's good I think we all know that God loves us, you know everybody has a yeah. safe or not safe, have a general knowledge, sure. God loves us but the depth of that love the doubt. She really brings out the doubt. Yeah, how loved we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His beloved. Mm -hmm. Because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
but we're conditioned in this horrible world we live in sometimes not to accept that kind of love. But we have to go back to that revelation that we're not of this world. We're not of this world. Exactly. We're of the kingdom. Um, we've we been have to decondition our well, you know. <laughs> be reconditioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Renew our mind and what's true in our heart. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. I know what I'll what one thing I've learned is um when somebody says, I believe but everything they say past the but is what they really believe. <laughs> they're not they're not believing the first part, they're really believing the last part. So anybody else? Anything else? I like where she said um, the chat. She challenged us to ask God to show us our love. Yeah. And we all need to be um, reassured. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe every day. Every day. Yeah. It, it's that fellowship of the Spirit. It's that spending time with your beloved. Mm -hmm. It is. Unless anybody's got anything else, this is where we take our break. Um, there are healing journeys along with this, but I, for those of y'all that are new tonight, we are skipping those just for time's sake because I don't want to keep you here until 10 o'clock at night because I know y'all have things to do at home. But um, I, I do challenge you to do this. Go home if you have internet or if you have a family member that has internet that maybe can help you. Um, all of these, if you go to YouTube and just type in... Um, Andrew Womack Healing Journeys, they're all on YouTube. So just go and listen to those because they do. There's people that have really received miracles. And, um, and it does. It stirs our faith and um, gives us an extra boost. Is it journal or journey? Uh, healing Journeys. Okay. Healing Journeys, yeah. So I do, you know, feel free to watch those all you want. <laughs> There's a lot of them on there. So God has done miracles.